you know, that's one of the questions I ask myself, not just have concern about where my business is today, but where's my business going to be in five years. And the most important, if not the most important thing you can do is have KPIs because that's the pulse of your business. That's the way that you can look, Hey, what levers do I need to pull to be able to, you know, quickly react to something that's going on. And so we track everything. I mean, I'm, I may over track things, but that's okay. You know, after a while we'll decide, okay, this isn't, you know, that useful. But my old boss once told me the KPIs that you want to focus on are the ones that, you know, change people's behavior. So mm. if you have something and, you know, you see, hey, this is going down, this is going up, whatever the case may be, you know, we need to make an adjustment. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Carrot Cast, where we help agents and investors dial in their marketing, their mindset, and more. On these Tuesday episodes for today, I'll be your host, I'm Brady Winder. And on Thursdays, we'll have Trevor Chuck Talks with our CEO, Trevor Mock, where he can dive into his entrepreneurial journey as CEO of Carrot. Um, I've got my friend Shane Garza with me here today. I'm going to introduce him to you in just a second. Um, I'll pass the mic over to him, but first I want to tell you about what we're going to be talking about and how we stumbled on Shane. So we're talking about KPIs today and it's something that I don't feel like is talked about often enough. Um, most investors have one KPI. It's, am I making money? And in the early days, that might be totally fine. But if you're doing deals regularly, you're spending money on marketing on ads and you're leading a team, you got to get them dialed in. And we're going to talk about why. Um, if you don't, chances are you're going to have some pain points, which you could probably avoid. Uh, but Shane is someone who we've seen has managed to uh, build a well-organized team and have a decent amount of success as a real estate investor in a short amount of time. We're going to break it down. Um, but I want to, I want to read a comment here real quick. This is actually how I stumbled upon Shane. He was watching our, it was summit, uh, summit of 2020, I believe. And this guy comes to YouTube and he says, uh, Hey, we just joined, uh, three months ago to carry I've closed nine wholesale deals in the past month for over $45,000 in income. It's been amazing. Three leads per day training is excellent. I'm not trying to sell y'all on care. I just thought that was really cool and I want to celebrate Shane. That's awesome. Welcome to the podcast, man. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah. Appreciate it. It's good to have you, man. I'm really excited to dive into this. I know you and I got a chance to chat on the phone about, you know, before this podcast, what we want to talk about. There was so much we thought about, man, we're going to have to do this in like two or three episodes. There's so much going to be so much stuff in here. So, um, tell us a little bit about yourself, man. We got to meet at carrot camp. Uh, was that two, three weeks ago? We got to have you out here in Oregon. Uh, what's your story, man? Let people know who you are. Yeah. So I'm Shane. Uh, we are located in Southern Indiana. We, um, do most of our business in Louisville. We're kind of venturing out to Indianapolis market and, uh, Florida as well. Um, for the most part, we, if I were to say the main bread and butter of our, our business, it would probably be flipping. Um, we do do a lot of wholesaling, uh, and obviously buy and hold. So, um, and then I think for the most part, like the goal this year is to develop SOPs and document our processes so that we can move into the commercial space. So, uh, that's where we're headed. Um, a little bit about how I started, um, I actually had a full-time job up until 2018. 
Um, I started the company with my stepfather. He ended up putting up $25,000 and I put up $25,000. And then I borrowed the rest from a private lender uh, who I did a 50-50 equity split with. And uh, as I was working full time, I was kind of flipping on the side, going there on Fridays and Saturdays and doing the work myself and just trying to, you know, kind of feel my way through the process and figure out what all this stuff is. Cause at the time I didn't realize how many different trades are involved and really, mm-hmm. you know, what it all entailed. So it was just a lot, you know, to, to take on, but this is your first um, flip you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So when I, when I jumped into that, um, it wasn't the prettiest flip. I painted the cabinets black. I'm colorblind, um, <laughs> but, but but it got the job done. I mean, you know, we ended up selling. I think I bought it for like 65. We put probably 30 into it, and I think sold it for like 120. So, um, uh, I, I'll, so if you're okay with it, Brady, I'm, I'll share a little bit about my background. Um, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, so uh, I actually. Um, Went to college uh, here in Louisville. Um, I was there around 2010 and or from 2007 to 2010, I actually ended up dropping out my junior year because I had joined a fraternity. And uh, instead of focusing on school, I was focusing more on drinking and partying and, you know, uh, uh, goofing off. And uh, I ended up uh, dropping out. I had a couple internships. I lost those and really just... uh, lost my way there for a while. So from about 2011 to 2016, um, I ended up kind of falling off the wagon. Uh, you know, I became a regular drug user and, um, uh, sober today, thank God. But, uh, <clears throat> um, but yeah, I was, uh, you know, looking back now, I, I just really have a lot of gratitude for, you know, the journey that I've taken up until this point, because, you know, if I wouldn't have gone through what I went through, you know, I don't think I'd be where I'm at. And I, I wouldn't mm. be able to stay as grounded as I am today. Mm. Um, at one point, I was homeless. Uh, I actually was sleeping in a tent. Um, and, you know, I was going to I remember going to McDonald's bathrooms and actually, um, you know, using the getting a large cup of water and using the sink to kind of like wash myself off and then going over to, you know, this guy's house and really like my whole life revolved around this, this activity, this drug activity. Right. And so I ended up doing that. And, um, I, you know, I really don't know why I don't, I I look back now and I still don't have a good answer for you. You know, both my parents were, were, um, you know, addicts actually both passed away from overdose and I ended up living Mm. in a children's home for a while. But, um, you know, I, I, what I see is a lot of people that have this type of background, like that family, uh, they either go one or two ways. They see that and they're like, man, I'm not going to go in that direction at all. You know, or you have the others that are like, you know, don't really think about it or I'm different. I think that was kind of my mentality at the time. Hmm. Um, and so again, you know, not to get too, too, uh, deep into the, the woods, but, um, you know, I, 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 I'm grateful that, that, you know, I've had that experience and I've been, been able to come through it. And then, um, you know, where I'm at today, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, more blessed than I deserve and, Mm. you know, grateful to be here. So. That's awesome. No, I, I think it's super important context. I appreciate you being vulnerable, sharing your story and it's, it's inspiring to hear, you know, where you came from. Um, that's awesome, man. What was the, uh, you know, one more question and then we'll dive into that kind of the tactical side of it, like KPIs, cause you've done some, some awesome work here as an investor, but what was the, uh, what was the turning point for you? What was the aha moment? Cause like, 
you said 2011 to 2016, you were, you didn't say off the rails. What was the light bulb? Yeah. So I actually ended up, uh, I was incarcerated for about four years Hmm. and, uh, it's, it's weird. It's crazy that, that I, I know this, but about two years, two months, and it was 22 days, like to the exact moment. Um, I was actually just sitting there in my rack, right? You have these metal racks and, and, uh, I had nothing at that point, right? And I just remember I was trying to read the whole through the whole Bible. I was trying to read it start to finish, which isn't easy. It's it's, it's harder mm. than it sounds, but yeah, um, it's hard. I I, I kind of just broke down and you know uh, just realized like, hey, what I'm reading is true. Like this is what I believe. Like I decided, hey, I'm gonna put all my eggs in one basket, and I just was bawling. I just started crying, and I was like just a little baby, just blubbering, and I'm like. You know, but at that moment, it was like a, a, you know, a paradigm shift to where instead of me, like, you know, being in this facility with all these other, you know, men, like just to say say, in my head saying, man, I don't want to be anything like these people. I don't want to be around these people. You know, it really shifted to being like, this is a, you know, this is an opportunity for me to pour Mm -hmm. into other people. This is an opportunity for me to mentor people because I have, you know, stuff that, you know, other people don't have, you know, I've had some good mentors in my life. Uh, You know, I turned my back on them, obviously, at one point, but um, you know, I saw it as an opportunity and then there's no other point in your life where you'll have 24 hours a day to just really work on yourself, you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, yeah, it was just a, definitely a different way of looking at it. So, and so that was, that was halfway through being incarcerated. You said that was two years, two months, so about halfway through. So you had a good solid two years, be like, I'm going to work on myself. I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity God's given me. I'm going to minister to the people around me. I'm going to get out and, you know, I'm going to try something new. Okay. So yeah, you got, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you got out, you flipped a house that you didn't lose your tail on it. So that's cool. Right, the right. first flip went well. That's awesome. And then yeah. fast forward to, to sorry, we're going to say something. No, no, no. I was just, I was going to say you're right. Like, you know, to be able to scale this business the way that we have. And, and, you know, that's one of the questions I ask myself, um, not just have concern about where my business is today, but where's my business going to be in five years. And the most important, you know, one, I mean, if not the most important thing you can do is have KPIs because that's the pulse of your business. That's the way that you can look, Hey, what levers do I need to pull to be able to, you know, quickly react to something that's going on. And so we track everything. I mean, I'm, I may over track things, but that's okay. You know, after a while we'll decide, okay, this isn't, you know, that useful. But uh, my old boss once told me the KPIs that you want to focus on are the ones that, you know, change people's behavior. So mm-hmm. if you have something and, you know, you see, hey, this is going down, this is going up, whatever the case may be, you know, we need to make an adjustment. Interesting. The ones that change people's behavior. So you flip that house and kind of I'm moving ahead quickly, but you have a team right now. Were you always concerned about KPIs? Were KPIs always important to you? Did it start out that way? Uh, not initially. Um, you know, I have a, a background in lean manufacturing and like Six Sigma, and it, you know, it's all about continuous improvement. And in that, in, in any manufacturing environment, you know, that's it's definitely important to to, to have those things. Um, I didn't really see how much they applied to my business until we started actually doing a little more volume because then it made sense and we had more moving parts. Um, But if you can start, I mean, if you want to start tracking them from day one, just to, uh, you know, just get into the practice of it, 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 it's probably a good idea. 
Mm, okay. So what, uh, for people listening for context, what, if you don't mind sharing, what revenue are, is the business at right now? Uh, so year to date, we're at about 1.4. Um, and we think we're going to end up, uh, getting close to 2.2 this year, uh, maybe a little over that. We've actually had some come in the pipeline just recently that are going to be really good deals. So I'm excited about that. Holy but, cow. Is that gross or not? Uh, that's gross. That's gross. Yeah. So that's really good, man. Um, yeah. that's really awesome. And so, uh, what point what you were talking about when you guys started to do more volume, how far into the investing journey was that years or volume when you were like, okay, I need um, to get organized. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. Uh, so 2019 when I went is when I actually quit my full-time job. I was probably, um, I probably flipped like three or four houses before I actually quit. And then I just, um, jumped in head first and it was kind of a sink or swim mentality. And I was like, you know, I'm either going to do this or I'm not, I'm going to, you know, succeed or fail. Uh, I think 2020 was the, um, well, no, you know what? I'd say 2021 was probably really the, the kind of the step into the large volume because that's when I actually hired W2 employees, like Mm -hmm. literally January 1st. I had some part time people working for me on just a strictly a commission basis. Mm -hmm. But at the beginning, at basically into 2020, I I called them in the office and was like, look, you know, this position is no longer available. This is what I do have available if you'd like to, you know, step into this role. Uh, And it's full time. It's W2. And, uh, that, uh, I'd say that's when we, we started tracking everything, you know, um, and being particular about it. That makes so. sense. I mean, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of expense. You're bringing on full-time employees, you're doing more volume, a lot more expensives. You can't afford to not be paying attention. Um, mm-hmm. so now that we have some context for where you're at in your journey, you've got a team, how many people are on the team right now? So I have three people in house and then six virtual assistants. Okay. So pretty sizable team. It's a, it's a lot to manage just yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've, I actually started off, um, with more people in house. So my whole strategy was like, okay, I'm going to be different. I'm going to, you know, bring people in house, uh, and we're going to, you know, I'm going to get some really effective people that I can coach one-on-one and the costs, like you said, just started eating me up. And I was like, man, yeah. and then I've like talked to just so many different people and they're doing these virtual assistants. And, you know, uh, finally I, bought into it and was like, okay, I need to, I need to, and I can get it. It's, uh, it's, you know, they're not as effective overseas, uh, but they are awesome. I'll tell you what, they work their butts off. Um, they, you know, are just the most hospitable people ever. Um, and Mm. you know, uh, not to be, uh, what's the, what's the right word, but they're like 20% of the cost of what you would pay somebody over here. So it makes sense. And usually, you know, they're still getting paid like really well for what their currency is worth there. Right. The way the dollar translates. Um, uh, what, what company are you using? How are you finding your virtual assistants? Uh, so I just find them on my, I, I, uh, um, I'll be completely open. I pay them $3 and 50 cents an hour. Uh, they are, uh, I find them through online jobs.ph. Mm-hmm. Um, I've trust me, I've gone through a lot of them. Um, and initially I just kept writing it off because, and, and really is a failure on my part, because for anyone over there, you need to have very buttoned up instructions. So I would yeah. say documentation plus a video, you know, that's for the technical side of it and maybe a document for the conceptual side of it. Um, and that whenever they can, they will follow that to a T. 
Uh, and I didn't have that in the beginning. And so I just, you know, I ended up going through probably four or five of them until we, you know, honed in on some really effective virtual assistants. Mm. Okay. That's good to know. Onlinejobs.phi. I've heard people have had good success with that one. We have a rocket station in the carrot marketplace, carrot.com slash marketplace rocket station. They're, they're investing specific. People have good luck with them as well, but that's, yeah, that's good okay. to know. Um, cool. so let's talk about, let's talk about these KPIs. We, so we have eight KPIs here. Um, Shane's kind of outlined, let's start from, uh, the most important to you and maybe spend a minute or two on each one. I'll pop in and ask questions and give some context, but what's the, what's the most important thing people should be paying attention uh, to? Yeah. That's a, that's a interesting question. Or is it, is it, is it well, not the well, case? Well, it depends gotta, on where, yeah, what's going on at the time in the business, right? One may be more relevant than the, than the other, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say if, if you're like, uh, you're closing a couple deals a month, you've got two team members and you're spending a couple grand on marketing, a few grand on marketing, and you're like, I don't know where my money's going. Um, I don't know how much to budget. Where's my next deal coming from? That sort of thing. Where, where well, would you guys okay. Are? So let me let me share this uh, because it's not necessarily a KPI, but it it to me it's just extremely valuable because I wish I would have known this in the beginning. Because most of the time, the first step that a lot of people take because it's cost effective, the cost per lead is cheaper, mm-hmm. is cold calling, and people don't understand these auto dialers. Like I went through, I went through them all basically to to get hone in on the best one. And I'll go ahead and share out of all of them. I think ready mode, which used to be Zen call is the best one because Mm -hmm. uh, the interface is harder to use, but you're able to really hone in and adjust parameters. And so with that said, uh, I, I, I'm, I can't pull it up here, but just picture in your head, like a pyramid, right? So, so picture, you know, starting at the bottom, working the way to the top. Well, at the top is going to be your yes, once offers. So those are going to be the people that actually, you know, want to sell their house. So um, to, working your way down from there, you have the call log. So you have to, the call log is how many connections you're make, making, how many people you're actually talking to. Mm-hmm. So you've got to call a lot of people to get a lot of, you know, yes, once offers, right? Yeah. Um, in order to get more calls, you have to adjust a few things or you have to focus on, uh, the average wait time is one of them. So the average wait time is how much, you know, time does it take between calls for your virtual assistants? And usually we like to stick around like 30 seconds. So if we notice on the dialer that they're spending more than 30 seconds between calls, then it's something that we need to adjust. So with that said, the, the things that you can adjust below that, are your lists, so you can change out the list, maybe an absentee list to a vacant list, to a pre-foreclosure, to you know whatever it may be. Um, you can change out the phone numbers, so that's a step lower, or you can adjust the dialer speed. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually skipped one, which is the calls to connect. So how many calls um, do you need to be making to connect to one person? And, and typically we like to stay under 40 calls. So if you're, you know, if that auto dialer is dialing you know, and it r- rings 40 times, you want to make sure you're getting a hold of one person. Cause For, that 40 stuff calls goes up. to connect with one person, not 40 calls to it. Yes. Right. Right. 40 calls to connect to one person. Right. Yeah. And so, so the whole idea is like, if you adjust these things up top, yeah, I mean, below, then it's going to affect your average wait time. It's mm-hmm. going to affect your call log, how many call, calls you're actually, or how many people you're talking to, which is thereby going to affect your yes, once offers, right? The more calls you make, the more yes once offers. And so 
the the reason I brought that up is because there are so many people who don't understand the the <laughs> inner workings of these dialers. They just you know stick a VA in there yeah. and have somebody manage it, and then they don't hone in on it. Well, again, this is to you know, when we're talking about KPIs, this is why this stuff is so important. Like if you don't know the inner workings or the mechanisms of your business, then you can't be the most efficient or effective, right? Yeah. Oh man, that is just gold. Like I've never, like in the few years I've been around Carrot, been talking with lots of investors. That's the most detailed I've ever heard anyone talk about cold calling, which is kind of sad because it really wasn't crazy detailed and it's not that difficult, but it's unfortunate. Exactly. I mean, dude, exactly. most guys, they go in and their coach tells them, yeah, you need to start doing cold calling. And so what do they do? They take money, they throw it and they say, okay, now VA, go make cold calls for me. No system, no process. Or even if they do, it's like, you thinking of a flow chart succeed. Okay. Keep throwing money. Didn't succeed. Okay. Pick a new VA. Oh my gosh. Yeah. No. Investors are so good at that. They're like, let's just throw money at the problem. Like, I don't want it to hear, but here you go. And yeah. you know, it's, it, it's funny because we did have, we had like a, a company that we paid initially for the VAs and we had somebody managing it. And this is over like a year period. And we finally, it took us this, like you said, it's not that, that detail, but it took us that long to really hunt and be like, oh my gosh, this guy's not being effective at all. Like we could mm -hmm. be getting through so many more calls in a week. So whenever we're making, you know, 2000 connections a week, we should actually be making 6,000 or 8,000, you know, mm -hmm. a week. And that's that much more opportunity to get somebody who wants to sell, you know, get in contact with somebody who wants to sell their house. Mm -hmm. And at that point, it's much more scalable because you've, you've got it dialed in, you know, what an efficient, valuable cold caller is like. So you can, when you bring someone new in, it's like, Hey, are you meeting these metrics? This is about the ballpark, what you should be able to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Okay. That's really valuable. I didn't expect that, but that's uh that's really good, man. Yes. I appreciate the, the protest. Threw a curveball at you. <laughs> no, that's awesome. I don't think we've ever covered that. Um so let's talk about KPIs. What's uh what are some of your favorite ones, man? Yeah, so let's uh so obviously uh top of the list I put cost per lead, cost per deal, cost per transaction, you know, they're kind of interchangeable. Yeah. Um but the reason I like that one so much is because that's what that KPI tells you specifically what you need to make to be able to be profitable on that deal. So if yours is $3,500, you know, per transaction or per, per closing, um, then you need to be making $3,500 on that deal. I've, I've done several wholesale deals where we've made $2,000. And let me tell you, those are the biggest, most of the time they're the biggest headaches. You know, they're the ones that end up having the most, you know, ish things. Now, Granted, would I turn one down because, you know, our cost per deal is 3,500 and I'm only making 2,000? Mm -hmm. Probably not. But, you know, especially if you're getting started, like, you, you know, there, you, you have to be persistent and you may not find a deal for a while. So when you get that one, and I don't care if it's 800 bucks, like you're going to feel good about it. You know? mm, that's awesome. What's your, uh, how many leads to a deal right now? What's your, what's your cost per lead, cost per deal? Uh, I think right now ours is roughly around 3,500. I think it may be a little higher than that. It's 3680 or something like that. That sounds yeah. about right. And what's the marketing mix? What are you guys doing? Uh, that's direct mail, cold calling, texting, um, and SEO PPC. Yeah. That's all of it, man. You guys are doing everything. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're trying to, well, and that's the, the whole goal, right? Is we're trying to be, become very efficient in every single channel so that we can scale, you know, that's, that's, right. I think it's important to figure that stuff out in the front end and, you know, not have to deal with it later when we're, we are throwing lots of money at it. 
Right. Mm. Okay. I'll circle back to that because this is carrot. This is an online marketing podcast. We're definitely going to dive in at the end if time permits about SEO PPC, but we'll Amen. give the people what they came for. <laughs> Stay focused, Brady. Okay. KPIs. What's a, what's another good one? What do people need to pay attention uh, to? So we have a uh, Well, cost per deal, cost per lead. So mm -hmm. I think that's another common metric. So you want to know, um, and you know, initially I was tracking it in two different ways. I was, I was tracking it, uh, and like cost per lead based off of the list total, you know, or, and then I was tracking it based off of like connections. So if we had, you know, 12,000 connections this week, then, you know, that each one of those has a cost associated with it. But regardless, I think most, uh, you know, like Podio or investor fuse, you know, they track it based on, um, the leads that are com coming into the CRM, which is probably the best way to do it. Hmm. But, Okay. What's, uh, what's the next one on the list? Cost per lead, cost per deal. Uh, obviously, uh, I like, well, we call, I, I saw that I, I think I, someone at Carrot Camp, uh, it's said it a different way, but we just call it YWOs versus contracts. So it's yes, once offers versus contracts. So how many people do we need to talk to, to get one deal? You know, and we, and we track that per channel. So how many t people do we need to say, yes, they want to sell your house, you know, via text to, uh, to, get a deal and then same thing for cold calling and the other uh, channels. Is that a, uh, is that a gut feeling for you guys or are you pretty, uh, you nerd out with spreadsheets on like, I know exactly how many. I, I nerd out with spreadsheets. Okay. I definitely like Asana. Have you heard of Asana? We, we use Asana internally. Oh, like I love Asana, dude. I told my old, uh, business coach, I was going to get a tattoo of Asana. <laughs> like I'm that much of a nerd. <laughs> See, I'm going to, I'm going to get a tattoo of Airtable. Airtable is like changed. Uh, somebody else has told me because Airtable, mm. you can, you can make the web hooks, right? You can, you can do it's anything. It's like a spreadsheet online, right? You can do anything you would do with a Google sheet plus what you would do with Asana and you can formulate data in different views. I know this isn't like a nerdy productivity podcast, but y'all, if you're, <laughs> if you do like spreadsheets and you're like, Shane, you want to get organized, like <clears throat> check out Airtable. Uh, it, it, it's powerful, man. It does some really good stuff. Um, I, I, I definitely will. Like I'll circle back with you after I've, I've messed with it and I'll, yeah, I'll probably tell you how much I love it. And it's good. I, I run this entire podcast on Airtable. We actually have a Ricky and Robert Grand from Carrot Camp. They run some of their, uh, I don't know if they're using it anymore. They used to use it kind of as a CRM for their investing business. Anyways, um, so leads per deal, that's kind of what we call it. How many leads to a deal? Right, leads um, per deal. That's that's right. So yeah. what, uh, before we go to the next one, what's, what's this looking like by channel? Like what are the best, what are you finding is working best for marketing? As far as like quality, um, you leads. know, actually, right now our our leads per deal is lower for texting, um, but we hmm. have higher volume for calls, and so you know we're getting more deals through through cold calling, but uh, the texting is actually lower at the moment. So interesting. But do yeah. you have enough data to know SEO and PPC what those are like? Or oh, um, you know what? S well, SEO. I want to say it's like. I don't have it in front of me. Um, and I, you know, it's funny cause I don't manage that one as closely, um, because I have somebody kind of doing it for me, but mm -hmm. I want to say it's somewhere around 20 maybe, or no, it might be lower than that. So like actual leads coming through. Right. And then, 
yeah. you know, uh, what, which ones actually convert. We haven't had good luck with, with it though. We've gotten a lot of leads, but we just, uh, they don't tend to convert. Um, not to say they won't, like, I know, I know what podcast I'm on, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, the, that's the way to go. So we're, we're still getting there though. Yeah. We'll, we'll dive into it. We'll hop on there with you and, and figure it out. Um, and then what about PPC? Or is it still still in the experiment phase with that? Yeah, it's still well. So I did it like real heavily uh, for about a year, and then I pulled back because I wasn't getting the you know um, deals that I wanted, and I just decided to take that money and spend it elsewhere. Um, and so we actually just started doing PPC again this past month. So we we've had it on hold for probably about six or seven months. Okay, so. nice, nice. Okay, so what's uh, what's next on the list for KPS? Uh, specifically related to flipping, uh, two, they're just two basic metrics that I like to, to pay attention to is average money turnover and then average job completion. So average job completion, because any, you know, uh, we use private lenders and then hard money lenders as well. And, you know, any extra day is, you know, extra interest that you're paying on, on that deal and uh, more risk, right? Especially if the market's shifting at the moment, you know, you don't want to be, have that much exposure. So we, uh, we kind of grade, we have, uh, what we call like, um, contractor scorecards. So we, you know, basically grade our, our contractors, have them come to the house and say, okay, Hey, you know, this is the deals, you know, these are the houses you've done. Um, you know, you initially bid it at a 12 week completion and it ended up taking you, you know, 16 or 17, whatever it may have been. And so, and then as far as average money turnover, like we want to make sure, you know, as that's from purchase to sale, you know, and so the stuff outside of the actual rehab, you know, we want to make sure we're managing that effectively. So if we close on it, we want to make sure we're starting the work that week or the week after, right? We're not waiting a long time. We're not having houses sit for whatever reason for two or three weeks. And then, you know, when it's on the market, right? We don't want it sitting on the market for 60 days or 55 days or whatever. Hmm. Um, so any of those things that we can control outside of that, that's why I pay attention to that KPI. Uh, how long, uh, what was the last one you said average, uh, was it average money turnover? It's basically how long yeah, average money, money turnover and then average job completion. Our average money turnover right now is like 22 weeks. So it's not that great. Um, our average job completion is, is like maybe 12 weeks. Um, but we have some outliers that have like, you know, shifted that up because we've had some really big jobs that ended up just dragging out and had issue after issue. Mm -hmm. And so that can affect that, you know, a little bit, but our project manager, like that's kind of, you know, uh, their, their responsibility, like, Hey, this is what your, um, you know, your job pertains to. Do they, uh, so for this example, the, the project manager, do they know these KPIs? Are they tracking them or is this something where you're keeping track and then you're meeting with them saying, Hey, this one's about taking this long. No, no, no. So every week, so we have basically like a Gantt chart and Mm -hmm. you know, they, they, uh, track it every week and you know, now they're tracking, we're, we're kind of getting more granular to where we, we are tracking all of the subcontractor work. So like, how long is it taking the drywall guys? How long is it taking Mm -hmm. the electrician to get in here? How long is it taking the plumber? And so a lot of it, you know, our, our, the majority of our work is on the front end. And like, as long as we coordinate things effectively, like these guys, a lot of times will get in and get it done. You know, they're fast, but it's about managing it and making sure to set up the schedule that, Hey, if I need the drywaller here, you know, Wednesday to Friday, well, I need them over here on Monday to two, you know, Monday to Wednesday and just set it up, you know, make sure we're scheduling out at least three or four weeks. So, 
Interesting. So you have a Gantt chart per, per project, right? Like per flip that you're working on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I never thought about doing that. I mean, like we run on a sauna internally at Carrot. I use, you know, sauna Airtable. And so it's really nice and powerful having that visual just at a glance. Okay, here's where we're at on all these projects. But that's got to make mm-hmm. it easier for the team too, because then that's time that you don't have to spend communicating. Someone's not calling you, hey, when's the, when's the drywall guy showing up for 160 Stone Ridge? You know, mm-hmm. look at a sun. Look yeah, at the Yeah, exactly. You just see yeah, the whole thing for sure. Mm. Like, hey, who's supposed to be here and what's here? Yep, yep. Okay, I like that. Um, what's uh, what's another KPI? Uh, you know, I might get well. So ROI, I think, <laughs> is that you know too big? Yeah. But it's uh, I, the the one that I'm looking at is per market. So like, what's my return? You know, what's it's revenue divided by market cost. So you know, if we're spending dollars in Indianapolis, you know, what's our return on our investment there? Uh, same thing for Florida and then obviously uh, Louisville as well. Mm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And so did we go, did we hit on eight? So let's, let me run through this. I have no idea. (laughs) I just know they're good. I'm just listening, asking questions. (laughs) So, so we have cost per lead, cost per deal, lead. Oh, I I didn't, I don't know if I mentioned, but leads and connections. So that's just super simple. Just track the number of people that you're getting in contact with each week. Doesn't matter what channel, just track that because you want that number to go up. Um, An interesting Mm. one that we track is called lead velocity rate. And so basically that's how many leads you have in your pipeline. So to ensure that we're having a month over month increase. So our goal is 5% every month. So if we put in, you know, 262 leads, you know, in February into the system, we want to make sure we have a 5% growth rate, you know, month over month. Um, because if you don't get more leads, right, you're not growing. And so it's just, I, I really like that metric. It's, I don't know the exact formula, but I'm sure if you Google it, uh, lead velocity rate, then, lead velocity. then you'll find it. That's um, interesting. Yeah. You don't, I don't know if I hear anyone talk about lead velocity rate or, you know, just sheer number of leads, so for you said leads and connections, are you, are, are you tracking like, Hey, I had a conversation. Like I went to a RIA, I talked to 30 people this week. Like what is connections? Like? Uh, no connect. Well, uh, you know, that's, in, that that's funny. Cause we've never tracked that part of it, but that may or may not make sense. You know, uh, now we, we just do it through all the channels. So we just see, Hey, how many basically touches, right. Have you made? So how many people have you touched? So if you sent, um, hmm you know, 2000 mail pieces this week, like that's, that's 2000 connections. Gotcha. You know, um, and then, so, oh, cost so per lead, lead, cost per deal. leads and connections are, are, are separate. Okay. I was confused at first. I thought you were, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> okay. That makes sense. And then, uh, leads per deal, ROI, average money turnover, average job completion. Um, you know, I think I told you eight, but that was only seven. Well, I did throw in the lead velocity rate, so we'll call that eight. But, you know, I think the important thing is to focus on leading indicators. So you have leading and lagging indicators, right? So your your lagging indicators are things that have already happened, and you just look at a report, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, this happened. Well, the things are to hone in on, which are harder to kind of track sometimes, but uh, are those leading indicators. So, uh, for example, like if you're trying to lose weight, well, a lagging indicator would be looking at the scale. You know, the leading indicator would be counting calories. You know, how many calories mm-hmm. are you eating? So uh, it's the same concept with anything in this business, like focus on those, because at the end of the day, if you get those leading indicators, you know, honed in on you, it's going to affect the results, right? It's going to affect the the lagging indicators. Mm. 
That's really good. That's really good. It, it's funny because a lot of this stuff, it's like, it's like we we're talking about at the beginning of the episode. It's not, it's not super complicated. It's not super detailed. They're all kind of surface level, but just, I think just having an overall awareness of them and keeping them front of mind is really powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. On sure. that five percent, the how did you uh, how did you land on five percent for lead velocity? Was that just kind of a gut like we need to be growing about this much? Well, so we looked at the past two years of data, or like I think it was two thousand twenty, two thousand twenty one. Okay, and we were kind of all over the place. Like we were, you know, and the steady. And I think you're right. I think that was kind of just uh, reading other kind of sales uh, or, or books or businesses, you know, and that's. Um, and and it's and it's kind of proved true. Like we've had one that was like fifteen percent, and then we had the month after that was like minus ten percent. So it, it does fluctuate, but you know, as long as the average, you know, the moving average is that around five percent, I think that's a good number to focus on. Mm. Okay, I like that. Well, shoot, I mean, that's that's more than eight. We probably had about seven in there. Plus, we had the cold calling ones at the beginning. Um, mm-hmm. We'll wrap it up in a minute here, but I wanted to ask you a couple more quick questions. Um, how do you, how's your team involved with KPIs? Like, are you bringing these up in meetings? And and specifically, I want to know, like, are the KPIs involved in keeping your team motivated at all? Or is this more a tool you use to stay on track? Yeah, so it's uh, definitely team oriented. Everyone fills out their, uh, you know, what they're responsible for. Um, and or whoever's overseeing it like you know the acquisition manager over you know fills out the va um metrics and then you know project management obviously but uh we have a, a weekly meeting uh and where you know everyone kind of presents their you know their side of it we try to keep it um 45 minutes to an hour but um and you know just stay on top of that every week and and the in the future so actually i just did our our um, reviews for for the employees and you know, one of the things, you know, I tell them is any future pay increases or any promotions in the business are going to be based on, on A, the evaluation and looking where they're at in their career framework, and then B, the KPIs. You know, KPIs mm. are, are are that important because if we don't effectively manage our KPIs and, and, and consistently improve those, then we fail. You know, our business fails. Mm. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of accountability there, which also, I mean, just as the employee creates a lot of, um, Oh, I don't know how you would say it. Just good expectation. You're not having to wonder as much like, where am I at? Am I going to get this raise? It's more predictability and confidence. Yeah, 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 actually, my brother taught me. He he owns restaurants. He's an entrepreneur as well. And and that was one of the things like people should know where they're at, you know, at the end of the year without you having to say anything, right? Mm. Interesting. I like that. Um. Uh, shoot, that's, that's, I think that's all I got. Is there anything, um, let's see, we covered all those KPIs. Um, is there anything else you want people to know, you know, regarding KPIs or running your business, anything that was like really helpful to you early on in your journey? You know, don't buy into, to, well, well, they say, you know, psychology is, is 80%, you know, of being a millionaire, and I think, you know, the the way people hinder themselves the most is because of their own mindset. You know, I think if you I, I nobody knows what they're doing whenever they they start something like, you know, there's no book written that says specifically step by step. Here's what you want to do to run a business. Here's the problems you're going to run into. It just doesn't happen. It's uh, you know, you just have to 
uh, overcome that fear. And, uh, and uh, the question I ask myself over and consistently, does this belief serve me or does it limit me? Hmm. And, and so if you think about, you know, things that, that limit you, it doesn't matter if it's your physical health and you're working out or, you know, in business in general, like, you know, as long as you kind of, you know, are able to be aware of those thoughts that you have, then it's going to take you that much further. So. Hmm. I love that. Thanks for sharing, man. And that's, you know, I, again, I really appreciate your vulnerability, um, you know, sharing your story. I think it's amazing. I just want to say like, congratulations, you know, how far you've come in your business. And, uh, it seems like you're fulfilling your, your calling, if you will. sounds like you're doing a good job leading the team, keeping people motivated. That's awesome, man. And thanks for sharing yeah, with very, our audience. Very blessed, man. Yeah. Just it's, it's been fun, dude. I, I enjoy life today and, um, you know, just able to stay grounded through this. And so if I can do it, Hey, I, I'm just a, you know, blue collar guy from Houston, Texas. And if I can do it, anybody can. So that's for sure. That's awesome. Well, everybody, thanks for listening. If you're watching on YouTube or you're listening to the podcast, um, go ahead, leave us a review, follow us on Apple podcasts. If you found this valuable, share it with a friend, uh, share it with somebody in your market. Uh, I don't care if they're a competitor or not share it with somebody. And, um, my challenge would be is even if you listen to this and you're like, I'm not quite there, this is a little bit overwhelming. Maybe I'm not as nerdy as Shane. I don't want to, I don't want (laughs) to geek out on spreadsheets like Brady and Airtable, whatever. Take at least one or two of these KPIs and put them on a whiteboard and put them in your office and start tracking them, especially, you know, just number of leads, number of contacts, like pay attention to how many people you're talking to, how many touch points you have and start tracking something. Cause if you don't, you're going to be in this boat six months from now and you're going to be having problems. So start tracking. Uh, again, thanks everyone for listening. We appreciate you and we'll see you next time.